Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller. And my guest today is Hailey Ferrier. Here's the overview. Hailey was born in Abingdon when her mother was teaching with me at Emory and Henry College. And Hailey Ferrier has managed to do what not a lot of people get to do. She graduated in musical theater from Elon College. How long ago, Hailey? Uh, Just last May. So like a year, exactly. Like a year. So welcome to this conversation. You with a musical theater major and one year out of college are on a national Broadway tour. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, of all the colleges in the entire country Mm -hmm. and all the theater majors, it's what everybody wants to do is to get to Broadway. Yeah. Or one step one baby step from there in your <laughs> yeah. first year out of the gate. How did that happen? Uh, a lot of hard work, but also a lot of luck and being in the right places um, and putting myself out there. Uh, of course, I like auditioned and submitted for the open call of Dear Evan Hansen. Um, and I submitted for that away in advance of graduating from Elon. But I didn't really think that I would hear. Uh, and then the pandemic happened. And I guess Tara Rubin had some time on there. And Sarah Rubin is the casting office that cast Evan Hansen. And they were going through open calls. And I got an email from them. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling. I got to submit a lot more material for them. But after getting an agent my senior year at Elon through our casting director series, um, I got an official appointment. And that led to callbacks, of course and Zoom auditions because the pandemic was still a thing and I wasn't flying to New York. And eventually I booked it through Zoom. (laughs) Through Zoom. Well, we're going to hear more about these auditions and this crazy process. But first of all, when did you discover or when did you discover that you have such a voice? We neglected to say Dear Evan Hansen is a musical, but you have a voice and your voice is not just musical theater. It's kind of slash operatic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I actually started auditioning for opera programs while I was also auditioning for music theater programs because I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I sang growing up. I did musical theater when I was like, I started when I was like seven years old. So I'd been singing music theater styles, but when I started voice lessons, I did a lot of opera and a lot of golden age, which is very like legit sounding, opera sounding. So I didn't get a lot of practice with what Broadway is kind of turning into now, which is very, very similar to what you hear on the radio. So like pop rock, that kind of style. Um, So I didn't practice that until I got to Elon and kind of not until my sophomore year at Elon where I started working with a couple different voice teachers and we worked on belting and different placements, contemporary vocal styles. But yeah, for like 20 years, I was doing opera and classical theater (laughs) repertoire. Well, so when did the acting thing get merged in with the voice? Uh, I would say when I started music theater, uh, when I was seven, I didn't think that I was going to like it at all. My mom forced me to do a high school musical camp and I was like kicking and screaming. And then after the first day, like, you know, the first day of camp, it's like improv games and silly stuff. And I really loved the combination of the the playful aspect of it, but also getting to put on an actual show and like tell a story with a group of people that before you didn't know, and now they're like your family for the time you're working on the show. So yeah, that was that was when I was seven. Now hold up, <laughs> seven. Young. 
and you're <laughs> kicking and screaming because you want to do opera instead of musical theater? Well, I didn't I didn't really know what I wanted to do then, but I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play pretend, even though I dressed up. Like dressing up was a big part of my childhood and what I liked to do and how I liked to play, but I didn't put two and two together. And I was dancing before then. So my mom was like, okay, she likes to dress up. She dances, she sings around the house and sings Hannah Montana all the time. We can combine these things and put her in a music theater camp. And that's what she did. And I'm thankful for that. Oh, my goodness. Well, okay, let's pause here for a moment to talk about your mom. Tell us about your mom and dad and what your connection is to Emery. And dare I say to moi, because I got <laughs> to know you when you were a little girl. Okay. Now your biggest fan and your biggest groupie. But anyway. Right. Right. I don't remember a ton of it. We were talking about this, but I was born in Abingdon and my parents were uh, working at Emory and Henry. And I basically, when they were working, I was with my grandma who lived in Abingdon. And Betty she, May Ferrier, I'm yes. or Ferrier, as we know a, her here. A known people name. who are hearing this will know Betty May. Yeah, yeah. She's she's more of a celebrity than I am, honestly. <laughs> but she, she would always take us to shows at the Barter downtown in Abingdon. And that's probably a big reason why I, I loved doing what we were doing is because it was so familiar to me and I hadn't really been on the other side of it. But yeah, my parents were teaching at Emory and Henry while, and Henry, oh my God, Emory and Henry, while my dad's mom was doing that and taking care of all of us. And it wasn't just me, it was me, my older sister and my brother that we all went to the barter shows. Sierra and Austin, there might be somebody out there listening who remembers yeah. them from school. Yeah. We were talking about the auditioning and you were using terms that most of us in the world don't understand right. like open call and auditions and call back. And of course the pandemic. So walk right. us through that process a little bit more yeah. precisely. So there are these things called open calls. Sometimes people call them cattle calls, but basically anyone is invited to audition, whether you're equity, which is like if you're an official equity actor under the board and you're protected by them, or if you're non-ec, which means you're not protected by a union and you don't have an agent, or maybe you do have an agent, but you're non-ec, not protected by the union, anyone can come no matter what. So I was like a junior in college and they had a open call, Dearman Hansen had an open call on their website that you could submit to and they had like piano tracks and the scenes that they wanted to do. So I did that and just like submitted through my personal email and didn't expect anything of it because everyone submits for it and there were like thousands and thousands of videos online. But um, yeah, so I did that just looking to get my name out there since I didn't have representation or anything. Um, and through the pandemic ended up getting an official email from the casting director which are the people hired to cast the show and get people in the room in front of basically the team of the show specifically. Um, I got an official email from them saying they'd want to see like this material, this material, and this material. And I submitted for Alana and Zoe in the show, who are the two leads that are like 16, 17 years old, uh, two female leads. And I didn't hear back from them forever, for months. I wasn't represented at this point. I was like, okay, well, at least they saw more of me and they liked me. And then fast forward to senior year, I got an agent through our casting director series, which Elon does every year. We bring in casting directors that are all in New York, like the top ones that people tend to go to and that tend to cast shows on Broadway. 
We brought in a bunch of them, and one of them recommends me to her friend at Gersh, which is like top, top agency, Gersh agency. And she sends her a video of an audition that I did for her, and she likes me, and I get signed with Gersh. So now I'm with them. They represent me and submit me for a different And so now you're walking around among your colleagues at Elon with a head so big you can't get through the door. (laughs) I wish. I was scared to brag. Like, that was the thing about being at Elon. Like, everyone was so, so talented. But senior year, everyone was so stressed. Like, if someone heard back from an agency before someone else, someone was like, why aren't I hearing back? Should I email them? So I was like... Type, 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 Facebook, hi, I just signed. And then, like, you heard nothing else from me. And I was, I honestly didn't have time to, like, go and brag about it because I was just by myself. I, I was in no classes because I thought I was going to be in Shanghai, which is another story. <laughs> but basically, I was just, like, submitting for TV, film, and auditioning. And then I got an audition for Dear Evan Hansen, like, an official appointment time. And that's where that came in. Uh, and then I did a bunch of Zoom auditions, which was weird, but because of the pandemic, they weren't really bringing in people um, just to be safe. So I did one Zoom audition, and then they liked me, and they added material, and I did another one. And then I think I did the same material for my third, and then my fourth one, Michael Greif, the original director on Broadway, and the director for the tour came in, and he was there, and like the whole team was there, and producers and everything. And I did all the same material, and I played music from, like, my garage den that we had made so I could audition without being interrupted. And I read the sides, which is, like, the script and sides and scenes that they give you. And I read them with the person, like, through Zoom, and they recorded it. And, yeah, and I didn't know if I'd gotten it. And then I moved to New York for, like, a couple months, and I found out I got it. So I stayed there and started auditioning in New York. Or not auditioning, started rehearsing in New York. Started rehearsing in New York? Oh my gosh. Not knowing that I had even gotten it, I moved there and then I got it. So I kind of like, I feel like I manifested that. Now let me back up because I have a hard time keeping up with all this excitement, but did the Gersh agency have anything to do with pressing your name and helping with this? Or was this all just on you from your general open call, here I am among thousands? No, actually I... There are a couple things that I've put together while being on the store, but so I did submit for them independently and I'm sure that like got me in their heads and they were like, oh, this might be an option for when she graduates, but they probably weren't going to cast me before I graduated since I was so close. Um, Once I was signed, Gersh or any agent is able to like actually submit you for official appointments. Um, And it's much harder to get an official appointment when you don't have an agent. So that was a big step in the right direction, getting an official appointment. But I was also being submitted for TV film things with Gersh because they're also big in representing television and TV, television and uh, just theater and film in general, all of the things. And I had had someone bring me in for a general meeting for Warner Bros. And a general meeting, she's like, hey, we like you and we like what you've submitted to us. We just want to like get to know you. You seem like a fresh face. So I had a general meeting with Warner Bros. and I thought they were like gonna cast me in a movie or something and I was like, wow, this is so crazy. And then it turns out the person I met with also had a connection to someone on the Dear Evan Hansen team. And I think somehow like that helped me get in the mix or remind them that I was there. And through that audition process, like just knowing that I had this other reference kind of helped me and helped them trust that I would do good work. 
But uh, yeah, I had no idea during that general meeting that I was meeting with someone so close to the team of Dear Evan Hansen. And then I had another general meeting and, and this guy was like, have you been in for Dear Evan Hansen? I feel like you'd be perfect for that. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go in for it soon. And then like within a year, I got it. So a lot of people I feel behind the scenes were either rooting for me or like whispering my name around. Well, your name's going to continue to be whispered around and people need to pay attention to that name, Highly Ferrier, because we're going to have to do a follow-up when you get your TV series oh or whatever goodness. comes Please. along next. Well, explain to us, you are on what I called a national Broadway tour. Now, that's something very specific. So mm -hmm. explain what that means and how close that is to being on Broadway. Okay, so our tour, I would say is like, one of the highest tiers to be out right now because we're equity, which is protected by the union, and we're the first national Broadway tour. So it's like immediately connected to our show on Broadway. We have the same. Now, wait, what do you mean, first national Broadway tour? Um, sometimes multiple tours will go out, like one will end and then later another one will go out, and then that would be like the second national tour and the third national tour. We are like the first one to go out. The only thing that interrupted was us was the pandemic. Um, but I joined after the pandemic, so I'm still counted as someone that was on the first national tour, which is cool. But um, we were, we were, or we are immediately directed to the Broadway production because it's the same producer, same team, all of that. When it comes to like non-union tours that go out, they don't always have to be connected or they're not always equity. So that can, it can change a lot. It might have like different choreography, something like that. It'll have a different team a lot of the time. So it's not like a direct copy. This show is like what you're seeing on Broadway, like Michael Greif came in and worked with us. So we're getting the same direction, same choreography, all of that. Let me interrupt just a moment to remind people if they just tuned in and just heard the latest excitement and don't know what we're talking about. We're talking to Haile Ferrier, who is on the first Broadway national tour of Dear Evan Hansen. They're all over the country right now. And she was cast through uh, an amazing set of circumstances where her name got whispered among people who mattered and she got cast. Tell us about the role, the play and the role or roles. What is your position with the company? Mm -hmm. So I'm a cover with the company and a lot of people come in as a cover and tend to move up in our company, either move up in the tour, or move to Broadway. I'm a cover for Alana and Zoe. And those are two of the younger girl characters. They're 16, 17, but um, there are only like eight people in the show. So I'm covering a fourth of the show, <laughs> which seems like a lot. And Good it point. Is, <laughs> but is yeah. the same as an understudy cover? Yes, yes. We like to say cover. I know a lot of people still on our tour say understudy. We tried to shift more towards cover so it didn't seem like we were studying under our people because we're, we're at the same level. We're just not going on all the time. So sometimes we'll stay cover. Sometimes we'll say like on stage cast, meaning like they're the stage that's on stage or they're the cast that's on stage most of the time. But um, you'll hear a different, a lot of different words to describe what I do. But cover is usually what I say, if not understudy. Okay, so you're covered, and okay, how many, how many shows do you do a week? How many do you? In how many do you go on stage? So it's truly different every week, um, depending if someone's on vacation, like last week. Sierra, who is our onstage Alana, she was on vacation, so 
I went on for six shows in that week. And then Elena, our other Alana Zoe understudy or cover, she did two shows. So it's like if we have a three-fourth split, I'll go on for Alana most of the time or I'll be the first to go on for Alana and she'll go on for Zoe most of the time. And then after she does five or six shows, I'll then go on as Zoe. So I lean more towards Alana and she leans more towards Zoe. But if she's on vacation, then obviously I would just do whatever came up. But um, the amount of shows I do a week, it's not really guaranteed. It's just whenever an actor calls out. Um, if I was Sam, who is our alternate on the tour, he's our Evan alternate, he gets two guaranteed shows. So alternates are like... Basically, the role is really demanding, and we need an extra person to help take care of that other person and let them take off when they need to. They usually always get, like, one or two shows a week. So are you sitting in the wings hoping somebody's going to, like, uh, or something? <laughs> Honestly, I most of the time I'm downstairs, like, crocheting, like, listening to music. <laughs> Tuned out. And then okay. we'll have, like, rehearsals during the week, so that helps us, like, get back into the mindset of the show and just dust off any any parts we've forgotten well um so last week you were in indianapolis how long did you stay in indianapolis one week most of our stops on this bout of the tour are just one week all right so you were in indianapolis where are you today i'm in grand rapids michigan oh i'm so glad i could remember because <laughs> I forget. because it's I'm like what here. what week is it and what city are we in yeah all right, so full disclosure my husband and I drove to Indianapolis because we knew you were going to be in the show. It wasn't where you were sitting downstairs crocheting, waiting for the right. next information. So what happened that we knew you were going to be on stage that whole week? So Sierra was on her vacation. So like way in advance, it's put on our calendar, the split that we, we should be doing. Um, but usually we'll just know that I'll be on for most of that week. Um, and then I got to pick what shows that I went on for and I decided to go on Tuesday through Saturday, Saturday, and then sit downstairs basically for all of Sunday. But that way I knew like a month or two in advance. I, oh no, I think I knew way before actually. I just didn't know exactly my dates, but I knew that I'd be on for most of that week. And so I had gotten in contact with your mom and she of course was bragging about you and we made arrangements to meet in Indianapolis and get to see you. It was so much fun. What yeah. is it like from your side? I mean, we go in with our little tickets and sit down and here's this fabulous show with these super talented people. Right. And you're backstage going, where are we going to be tomorrow? I've got a pack tonight. I mean, what is it like just being yeah. on the road? It is exhausting. I won't lie. It's definitely like you have to know exactly how you as a person self-care and what makes you energize and what like makes you fatigued you have to know exactly how to take care of yourself specifically um for me people are really surprised when they're like oh and like what did you do and blah 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 and what did you do there did you go here i'm like i slept <laughs> that week i was in my bed especially if i know i'm going on the next week like the week before alana i wasn't like out every night after the show and stuff like that. I just like rested, made sure that I'd be able to do six shows in a row because as a swing or understudy or cover, you're not going on all the time. So you're not gaining that stamina that like an onstage cast gets to learn. Like they get to learn how to do eight shows a week, which is like the Broadway usual. For us, it's more like every now and then we're doing one or two shows. Um, I don't often get to do six shows, which is 
a lot when you <laughs> haven't done the show in like a week or two. So yeah, you definitely just have to prioritize yourself and your health, whether it's like physical or mental health, um, and just be prepared to go on whenever. Because you could know, like me, today I got a call like at one o'clock that I'm going on tonight for our, I think it's a seven or 7.30 show. But like Elena painting the wall tag in some city, or wall tag is like the thing that we sign at the end of the week, was painting that. And then right before intermission, they were like, so Elena, you're going to go on as Zoe for act two. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. And so she like got her makeup on and did her hair and got into costume and mic and all that. But like, you never know. So you always have to be like in tip top health. <laughs> Wait, Just so there was a different person playing the role from the first act to the second act? What in the world happened? Yeah. Yes. So basically, uh, Elena, I think she had gone on for a few shows that week because Steph, who's our onstage uh, Zoe, she was feeling ill. I think her and Stephen both that week just had sore throats. They didn't have COVID. We test every day and they were fine. But they were like, hey, it's like hard to sing. So we're going to call out. So they called out for most of the week. And Steph came back and sang one song, one of her like big songs, and she made it through and she sounded fine, but she just like felt like she couldn't do the rest of the show or she wouldn't be doing it justice. So she tapped out and <laughs> Elena went on and did a great job. <laughs> and the and audience the... didn't mind. They accepted her with open arms. Did we they announce it or did they just send out a different <laughs> person? They did. I mean, it would have been obvious since Steph is white and Elena is Indian and white. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they announced it at an intermission because they didn't have time to like pass out. Usually there's something in the playbill that says blah, 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 we'll be playing blah, blah, blah tonight. So they did make an announcement. But yeah. otherwise, I think you would have noticed. Yeah, would have noticed. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, you just mentioned that, uh, you know, one was white and one was part Indian or whatever mm -hmm. you said. So, Hailey, you're African-American. How does that affect casting and the roles you play? It seems to me I've noticed a trend that people just cast without regard to race in shows yeah. these days. What has that been like for you? Our show, I feel like they're really open to, at least now, now that I'm in it, they're really open to mixing it up, especially since Nikhil is our first uh, person of color to play Connor full-time. That was a big... He was incredible, by the uh, way. Yes, he's so good. He's one of the new people on tour like me, like that just started in November, and he's just a pro. But um, yeah, he was the first person to play Connor full-time and not as a cover that was a person of color and didn't look like his parents. So we had to have that conversation of like, how do you want to craft? Do you want to be adopted? Like, what's the family dynamic there? Um, and basically they had the same conversation with me and Elena since if she was going on with Nikhil, they're both Indian. That's like an interesting thing to craft. Um, me going on with Nikhil, obviously we're two <laughs> very different races and they talked about how we wanted to craft that. Um, so we came up with our own individual crafting for whenever we went on with someone. But so they, this is they just what you're talking about is just backstory that you all use right. to perform the role or to think about the role. But as far as the audience is concerned, nobody knows those stories. Yeah, nobody knows if we crafted the crafted that they're adopted or anything. And basically, the audience gets to fill that in for themselves, or if they don't really care, or then just ignore yeah. it. I mean, it, yeah. it seems irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. You know. especially our script. It, it's never really brought up, so it's easy to not feel like you have to fill in the blurred lines. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you know what. 
I honestly didn't think about until I think the show was over the fact that whatever the guy's name, Nikhil, was the Kill, son yeah. of the white couple. And right. I swear I had not even questioned it. Just Yeah. It's just like, it's not a big enough aspect in our show. For the actors, it's more of a thing that's like, how do we make this more personal to us to make it realistic? But for the audience, it's not like the biggest aspect of the show. So we didn't feel a need to stress or make, I remember Michael being like, I don't want the show to become about Connor being adopted. Like, that's not what I yeah. want the show to be about. So, so it's good that you didn't think about it. Cause that's well, you just goal. accept it. Yeah. It's, it's presented and you he's their son and you just don't, I don't know. Anyway, well, I think maybe we need to talk a little bit more about the show itself and what the storyline is of the show. We've been talking about all the characters. It is a musical. Where mm -hmm. does the title come from? Dear Evan Hansen. Tell us about the story. So basically, Dear Evan Hansen, the title of the show comes from the idea that, or the beginning scene of the show explains that Evan's therapist has been wanting him to write these notes to himself. Dear Evan Hansen, like explaining how today is going to be a good day and here's why. And then he goes on to write that. Um, his mom's like encouraging him to write these notes. She's like, they're going to help you a lot. Um, I'd like you to do this. So he goes off to school. Um, and it already isn't a great day and he can sense that and he starts writing this note to himself, Dear Evan Hansen, today isn't a good day and here's why and he writes about Zoe and he writes about just like everything that's going wrong in his life and why he feels invisible basically. And like no one would notice if he disappeared tomorrow. And Connor jumps into the scene and he finds this note and takes it with him at the end of the scene and i don't want to give away too much but he takes it with him and um his parents find this note on him <laughs> i don't know how much of this. yeah i know when something bad happens. <laughs> i don't want to give it away but basically um they find this note on him and think that connor's written the note and evan gets caught up in this entire lie about how connor wrote this what his parents think is a suicide note to Evan and they think that Evan is his best friend and he doesn't know his parents are in such grief or the Murphys not his parents are in such grief that he doesn't know any other way than to explain that yeah they were friends and he starts digging himself deeper and deeper into this lie that they were great friends and that he was helping Connor out and he brings up emails so that becomes a part of the plot but yeah and your role was Alana, what you saw when we were in Indianapolis, I end up helping Evan. Um, I believe this story, we start the Connor Project, which is basically to raise money for an orchard that Evan Hansen, Evan Hansen mentions that Connor took him to. The Murphys used to go to the orchard when they were younger. So it's like a great memory for them. So Alana's trying to raise this money to bring this orchard back to life because it's closed down. So she starts the Connor Project with Evan and then their other friend, Jared this lie manifests itself in everybody's life in a different way. And it's a very yeah. powerful story and a, just a wonderful show if anybody gets a chance to see it. Before we close out, I've got to ask you quickly, and we just have about a minute. When does the tour end? How many more cities do you have to go? And then what happens when it ends? What do you do? So we have one week stops until June 19th. That's when my official contract ends. Um, and then I'm planning on going back to New York. A lot of people are staying on the tour. Some new people are being brought in. Some new people on Broadway are being brought in. But my plan personally is to go back to New York. I have a sublet lined up and I plan to just use a few months to audition, get back settled in the city um, and kind of just remind people <laughs> that I've been on tour, but I'm back 
and try and make something out of that. I'd say you will, Hailey. I mean, the fact that you've been on a national Broadway tour is going <laughs> to get people's attention. So you're one step away from the boards in broad, on Broadway in New York City, I'm sure. Keep us posted. I'm going to have you back with your next big move, okay? Sure, I will. Yeah. All right. Hailey Ferrier, my guest, who is born in Abingdon and has made it to the national Broadway tour of Dear Evan Hansen. She is a rising star and she's been our guest today. Thank you so much, Hailey, for being Thank with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Thanks above all to the listeners for tuning in and please stay tuned to WEHC. There's more information at wehcfm.com and you can hear this conversation every Wednesday at six and Sunday at two. See you next time.